This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight we begin with another adventure of Sherlock Holmes and his trusty companion, Dr. Watson. Sherlock is a fictional private detective created by British author Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. The New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes was an old-time radio show which aired from October of 1939 to July of 1947. Originally, the show starred Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes and Nigel Bruce as Dr. Watson. And together they starred in 220 episodes. Most are narrated by the character of Holmes' friend and biographer, Dr. John H. Watson, who usually accompanies Holmes during his investigations and often shares quarters with him at the address of 221B Baker Street, London, where many of the stories begin. Though not the first fictional detective, Sherlock Holmes is arguably the best known by the 1990s, there were already over 25,000 stage adaptations, films, television productions, and publications featuring the detective. And the Guinness World Book of Records lists him as the most portrayed literary human character in film and television history. A few fascinating details I discovered. It was financial difficulties that led Holmes and Dr. Watson to share rooms together at 221B Baker Street, their residence maintained by their landlady, Mrs. Hudson. Holmes works as a detective for 23 years, with Watson assisting him for 17 of those years. And most of the stories are frame narratives written from Watson's point of view as summaries of the detective's most interesting cases. Conan Doyle repeatedly said that Holmes was inspired by the real-life figure of Joseph Bell, a surgeon at the Royal Infirmary in Edinburgh, whom... Conan Doyle met in, pardon me, in 1877 and had worked for as a clerk. Like Holmes, Bell was noted for drawing broad conclusions from minute observations. Details of Sherlock Holmes' life in Conan Doyle's stories are scarce and often vague. Nonetheless, a statement of Holmes' age as published in a story describes him as 60 years of age. And the episode tonight is entitled The Problem at Thor Bridge. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Day. Dennis Day is brought to you by Colgate Dental Cream and Luster Cream Shampoo. Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth 
Luster Cream, the cream shampoo for true hair loveliness. The Dennis Day Show with Barbara Eiler, B. Benadera, Dink Trout, John Brown, Charles Dant in the orchestra, and yours truly, Vern Smith, is written by Frank Galen and stars our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Here's Dennis singing, Who Put That Gleam in Your Eye? Who put that dream in your eye? And who put that song in your side? Who makes you thrill through and through? Who is that lucky guy I wish I knew? Put that spring in your walk And who put that lilt in your talk Your kiss could put me wise And make me realize That I put that dream in your Well, as you know, our young hero, Dennis Day, has been working at the Willoughby store in Weaverville for the past year and a half. Of course, his job isn't a very good one. The hours are long, the work is hard, and about the only thing you can say for it is that Mr. Willoughby doesn't pay him what he's worth, which is a break for Dennis. (laughs) But evidently, the flame of ambition burns brighter in our hero than we had guessed, for it seems that Dennis... Well, let's look in at the Anderson living room where he's been telling his girlfriend, Mildred, some rather startling news. Oh, Dennis, it's just marvelous. Another job in your spare time. Yeah. But how did you happen to pick the insurance business to go into? Well, it's the best business there is. I figured it out. More people do it than anything. Do what? Die. (laughs) Well, that's true. But do you know anything about insurance? Oh, I've been studying it for weeks. Believe me, I've been using my brain. Well, why didn't you tell me about it before? Oh, I didn't want to worry you. Oh, I see. Gosh, I sure hope I can make a success of this. If I do, I'll feel free to speak to your mother. Why, darling, you mean about me? About anything. I'll just feel free to speak to her. (laughs) Oh. Well, you'll make a success of it, Dennis. I know you will. Sure. Why not? I'm getting to know people here now, and they're getting to know me, too, and... Say, that may be why not. Dennis, you're not losing your self-confidence again, are you? When you're me, it's no trick at all. (laughs) Well, you've got to change, then. And now, what have you done about getting prospects to sell insurance, too? Well, I've left little pamphlets around here and at the store. Pamphlets? Yeah, the firm puts them out. People read them and start thinking about insurance, and then I come along and... Oh, good morning, Mr. Anderson. Good morning, my son. Mildred, my dear. Good morning, Daddy. Sleep well? No, I didn't close my eyes all night. <laughs> Look at these folders someone left on my dresser last night. Oh, those? Yes. Just listen to these titles. 
You may be a heavy burden to six men in dark suits, but why be one to your family? Well, you see, Mr. Anderson... And, and this one. When you're ready to go, will the going be good? Makes you stop and think, doesn't it? Yes, but hardly the kind of thoughts I like to dwell on. Well, I'm afraid I'm responsible for those folders, Mr. Anderson. You see, I've gone into the insurance business in my spare time. Oh, so that's it. Well, lots of luck, my boy. But you'll need more than just a few folders to sell insurance. Oh, Dennis had the marvelous sales talk all worked out, Daddy. Yeah, a really subtle one. All I need is a little practice and I'm all set to go. Well, suppose you practice on me, son. Now, we'll pretend that I'm a prospect and you're trying to sell me some insurance, okay? Oh, you bet. Well, well, well. Good morning, sir. How are you feeling this lovely morning? Fine, thank you. Really? You look horrible. <laughs> what? If you last two more months, I'm the king of Siam. <laughs> Dennis, is that what you call subtle? You have to make some conversation first. Pass the time of day with the man. Oh, I see. Now, let's try it again. How do you do, young man? How do you do, sir? Well, well, here it is, nine o'clock in the morning. It is? Yep. Wonder how many people died last night. <laughs> oh, no, no, Dennis. No? Certainly not. You can't talk about things like that. Well, I've got to introduce the subject, don't I? I've got to let him know that if he passes away tonight, his widow should be happy as a lark tomorrow. <laughs> Son, I wish you all the luck in the world in your new business, and I doubt it from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> and now, if you'll excuse me, I have my housework to do. Good day, kid. Gosh, I didn't make any headway with even pretending, and I thought he might really buy some insurance from me, too. Dennis, you know Daddy couldn't buy anything even if he wanted to. Why, as soon as he gets his money every week, Mother's got it. Gee, you mean she goes through his... Now I'm being silly. She's got them on. <laughs> If you want to sell any insurance in this family, my mother's your only prospect. Well, there goes this family. Well, not necessarily. Suppose you flattered her a little. She's very susceptible to it, you know. I should flatter her? Sure. Spread it on thick about her beauty and charm. It's worth a try, isn't it? Well, gee, Mildred, Then it's your I... only chance is to soften her up. Gee, do you think softening up will be enough? In my case, she'd have to be absolutely tenderized. <laughs> I'm sure you'll think of it. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Mother. Dennis. Mrs. Anderson, don't move. Just stand there and let me drink you in. <laughs> what did you say? What glorious radiance. You're a vision of loveliness from the top of your dainty brown head to the bottom of your big, strong white feet. <laughs> Dennis, I... Mm, you great, big, gorgeous hunk of dreamboat, you... Mm. Why, Dennis, you, you really think I'm attractive? <laughs> oh, Dennis, you darling. Still, I've often thought I should be painted and perhaps photographed. Do you agree? Oh, yes, ma'am. You'd photograph fine if you were painted. <laughs> What? Oh, that didn't come out right. What I meant was... <laughs> you were just made to be photographed. Why, you belong on the screen. The most beautiful mother in the movies. 
Oh, well, that's different. <laughs> the Irene gun type, huh? Exactly. You'll be just perfect as her mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would, would I? Mother, Dennis didn't mean that the way it sounded. I say he did. And I'll thank him to drop dead at his earliest convenience. <laughs> oh, Dennis. Yeah, I know. Gene, I was going great till I got going. <laughs> well, that leaves you only one prospect, Mr. Willoughby. You'll just have to go down to the store and get him in a good mood. Now, let's see. What makes him happiest? For me not to go down to the store. <laughs> Well, you are going down, and I'm going to help you. Yeah? Look, I went to school with a boy named Austin Peterson. We used to call him Stinky, and he's now selling insurance. So? Well, suppose he called on you at the store, and you pretended to buy insurance from him in front of Mr. Willoughby. Just pretended? Well, naturally. But Mr. Willoughby would be so impressed by an underpaid person like you buying it that he'd be right for some himself. Say, for once I think one of your ideas is going to work. Of course. But before Austin gets there, you've got to butter up Mr. Willoughby the same way you did Mother. Uh-huh. Only for heaven's sakes, this time don't go as far. Oh, okay. I'll forget that stuff about him making a beautiful screen, Mother. <laughs> Gee, you really think I can sell this Dennis Day some insurance, Uncle Homer? Just as sure as your name is Richard Willoughby, my boy. He's been leaving insurance folders all over the store, so I know he's interested. Gosh, I don't know. Nothing ever happened with any of my other prospects. All your other prospects got away because they outsmarted you. This time, you're evenly matched. <laughs> Gee, imagine. Yes, I know. It's hard to. <laughs> What's more, I'm going to help you. I'm going to flatter the lad for you so he's in a mood to buy Flatter him? Well, sure. That's the way... Oh, here he comes. Quick, duck out of sight for a couple of minutes. Okay. Dennis, my dear, dear son, good morning. Mr. Willoughby, don't move. Just stand there and let me drink you in. <laughs> what did you say, Dennis? You're the grandest, loveliest boy I've ever known. And you're the finest, sweetest man, Mr. Willoughby. I don't know anyone I'd rather mop a floor for. <laughs> Dennis, I don't know anyone I'd rather have mop it. You've given me a magnificent floor to work on, Mr. Willoughby. Knees like yours deserve the best, Dennis. <laughs> You're good, Mr. Willoughby. You're fine. You're considerate. You're loyal. You're sweet. You're sincere. You're pure. You're... You're wholesome. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to wait for my turn. <laughs> That's quite all right. I'd forgive you anything, Dennis. And I love you, Mr. Willoughby. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, Mr. Day... Yes? How do you do? I happen to be an insurance man, and I... Oh, the fellow... Mil- I mean, uh, how are you, Stinky? Beg pardon? I said, how are you, Stinky? Well, I guess the customer's always right. <laughs> Fine, thanks. Good. Uh, what can I do for you, old man? Oh, stick around, Mr. Willoughby. Well, I was wondering if you'd be interested in a life insurance policy. Sure, I'll take it. It's a wonder... Huh? <laughs> Sign me up for a thousand dollars. You talk me into it. What did I say? I'd like to remember it. <laughs> it wasn't so much what you said; it was the way I listened. Oh, oh! Thank you very much, sir. And goodbye. Oh, just a minute. I understand your firm also carries accident insurance. Yes, sir. Well, suppose I got laid up because of an accident, and lost two weeks' pay. 
Gee, that's right. And what about the doctor's bills I'd be running up? Yeah. And who's going to pay my room rent while I'm in bed? Yeah. Accident insurance is great. I think I ought to take some. Really? I'd be a fool not to if what you say is true. Gee. <laughs> See, you're a real high-pressure customer. <laughs> now, Stinky, are there any types of insurance you've forgotten? Oh, I imagine there must be some I haven't mentioned. Put me down for $100 worth of each. Hey, if I'd known it was going to be like this, I'd have sold tickets. <laughs> Gosh, I certainly do thank you, Mr. Day. Would you mind signing right here? Oh, not at all, Sonny. There you are. Gee, you sure were right about Mr. Day, Uncle Homer. His premiums will come to at least $100. Oh, sure. I'm a great believer in insurance. Uncle Homer? Why, yes. Richard here is my nephew. You... You mean he isn't stinky? Well, that, of course, is open to debate. <laughs> but I mean, Mildred Anderson didn't send him down here? Mildred Anderson? Uh, who's Mildred Anderson? Oh, she's the girl who perfected the revolting development. <laughs> carrying on, so it isn't my fault Austin Peterson was out of town. Well, what are we going to do, Mildred? I'm stuck for $100 worth of insurance premiums. Golly, if you could only sell mother insurance for the whole family, you could earn that much in commissions. Dennis, we've got to think. Oh, what's the use, Mildred? I'd be better off if I'd just give up and go out and throw myself under a truck. Why, Dennis, that's it! <laughs> <laughs> just to sell some insurance, you would let my lovely white body be mangled? I don't mean a real accident, silly. Well, just pretend there's been one. When Mother sees you all bandaged up, she'll realize it could have happened to her, and she'll buy some insurance. Oh, well, if you think she won't suspect... Of course she won't. And even if she does catch on, we'll just work the fake injury trick on someone else. Don't be silly. If she catches on, the injuries won't be a fake. <laughs> oh, well, get out the bandages. <laughs> You look perfect, Dennis. Don't you think we've overdone it a little? Shouldn't there be a little hole I could talk out of? Oh, well, here, I'll push some of it aside. There. Oh, Mildred! Oh, golly, we just got through in time. There she is. Oh. In here, Mother! Quick, lie down on the couch, Dennis. Mildred, I just wanted to... Good heavens, who's that? Oh, Mother. <laughs> Mother, it's Dennis. He's been hurt. Hurt? Badly? Oh, <laughs> oh Dennis. Speak to me. How did it happen? I... I was crossing a street when suddenly a 20-ton truck came bearing down on me at 80 miles an hour and hit me head on. <laughs> Good. Yes, ma'am. My face is all scratched. <laughs> Your face is scratched? Oh, it's much worse than that, Mother. He's delirious. He doesn't know what he's saying. Oh, my. Is the pain dreadful, Dennis? Terrible. And no insurance at all. Oh, dear, to be seriously injured in a strange town so far from your home. Yeah, with no insurance. <laughs> How much you must wish that you had your mother here at a time like this. I'll say, and a few dollars worth of insurance. <laughs> you see, Mother, he has no insurance. Yes, I was beginning to suspect it. Yeah, Mrs. Anderson, and you ought to buy some right away. A thing like this could happen to someone you care about. Well... Mildred, do you realize that when that boy is delirious, he makes sense? 
I'm going to buy all the insurance I can as fast... Now, who can that be? I'll answer it. Yes? How do you do? Is Mr. Day in? I brought over the insurance policies he bought this morning. Insurance policies? Mildred, I feel a cold wind blowing on me. <laughs> Dennis, this gentleman dropped in to bring you your insurance policies. Gosh, Mr. Day, is that you? And you're injured. Oh, that's awful. The company gives us demerits when they have to pay off so soon. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not really injured, Richard. Your company won't have to pay me. I wouldn't count on it, Richard. Huh? Dennis, this time you've gone too far. This time I'm... Re Dennis Day, come back here and fight like a man. <laughs> She's left the house. Well, goodbye, Mildred. It was nice knowing you. Dennis, wait. All we've got to do is think this thing out. That's what I'm going to do, Mildred. Sit down in China somewhere and think it out. Goodbye. <laughs> Listen, Dennis, I've got another idea. Mildred, I'm not a strong boy. Let's quit while I'm alive, huh? <laughs> but all you have to do is go down to the office of the insurance company you bought the policies from. And just tell them I don't want the policies? No, tell them you want a dozen more. Girl, I knew it would happen. You've blown your whistle. Yeah, wait. When you ask for more insurance, they'll wonder why. They won't be alone. Well, suppose you convince them that you'd had reversals and were about to commit suicide. Wouldn't they cancel all the policies you bought this morning? Well, it's possible, I suppose. Possible? Nothing. It's a certainty. I'll go with you and wait for you. Sure, you can make them believe you're desperate enough for suicide, can't you? Why not? All I gotta do is be myself. <laughs> now, have you got everything straight? Exactly what you're to say? Yeah, I think so. I've even got a little idea of my own I might try, too. Oh, Dennis, and up to now I was so confident. Well, don't worry. I may not have to use it. But what is... Shh, the fellow might hear you. Well, here I go. How do you do, sir? Hello. I'm Dennis Day, the fellow who bought those policies from your company yesterday. Oh, yes, sir. And what can we do for you today? Well, I'd like another $100,000 worth of life insurance. A uh, $100,000 worth? Pretty suspicious, huh? Why, not at all. Uh, just a moment till I locate my rate book. Oh, no hurry. I got no place to go. My house burned down yesterday. Really? Let's see now. Too uh... bad, too. I think my wife was in it. I haven't seen her all day. <laughs> oh, God, this is the annuity book. Yeah, that's the way it's been going lately. Yesterday, little Eloise got to playing with my razor. Darned if she didn't cut her dear little face. Oh? Clear off. <laughs> little things, but they add up. Make a fellow pretty unhappy. I know that book is here someplace. Oh, take your time. I'll be alive for minutes yet. Ah, here we are. And uh, now, let's see. Uh, your age is 22, I believe. Yeah, the oldest anyone in my family ever lived to be. <laughs> How's that? My grandfather killed himself when he was 17. I knew him only slightly, of course. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uncle George went young, too. Hung himself from the ceiling one evening with his head in the gas oven. <laughs> Yeah, then he stabbed himself in the heart, put a bullet through his brain. When we found him, he was a pretty sick boy. <laughs> your, your 
whole family were suicides? Starting to wake up, huh? <laughs> but surely you're not that sort of a person. Oh, no? But see this? A gun. Mr. Day, put that down. I'm going to blow out my brains right after you give me that $100,000 policy. After? Mr. Day, that isn't ethical. But I can't leave my little ones with just these small policies I bought yesterday. Here, give me those policies. Hey! There. My goodness, if you're not going to live, we don't want you holding our policies. The home office hates that. <laughs> well, thanks, old man. So long. Dennis, did you... Dennis, that gun! What are you doing with it? Oh, that was the little idea I had, Mildred. The convincer. I put it to my head and started to press the trigger. Then he believed me. But, Dennis, I... Oh, don't worry. It's only your father's old trophy pistol. But he didn't know it wasn't loaded and couldn't fire even if it was. See? Even if I pulled the trigger all day like this, it would Dennis! Ooh, what I nearly blew out. <laughs> With Charles Dant and the orchestra, here's Dennis singing Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. When they begin the beginning, it brings back the sound of music so tender. It brings back an eye of tropical splendor. It brings back a Oh, there! 
friends, this winter the people of Europe face widespread starvation. And this situation concerns every American, not only for humanitarian reasons, but to protect our own freedom. For if hunger brings on a collapse of the effort to build free governments abroad, our own security will be seriously threatened. So we can help protect the peace we fought so hard to win by sending Europe enough food now. But to do this, every American must cooperate with our government, and here's how. One, eat no meat on Tuesday. Two, eat no poultry on Thursday. Three, save a slice of bread every day. Four, waste nothing. Clean your plate at every meal. Remember, your help is urgently needed. Save wheat, save meat, save the peace. Good night, everybody, and a special good night to all my old Navy shipmates who celebrate Navy Day this coming Monday. This is Burnsmith reminding you that an interesting story of Dennis Day is appearing in the current issue of Movie Star Parade, now on sale. Dennis Day returns again next week, same time, same station. Join us then, won't you? Good night. Stay tuned for Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband. Time now to see what's happening in the program My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Jello, everybody. Yes, it's the Gay Family Series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Transcribed and brought to you by the Jello family of desserts. J-E-L-L. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O tap. Bioka puddings. Yes, sir. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Coopers tonight, summertime is fast approaching, and Liz has roused herself from spring fever long enough to go on a shopping spree for some beach clothes. Katie, come here a minute, will you? Yes, Mrs. Cooper, what is it? I want you to take a look at my new sundress. How do you like it? Is that it? Yes, this is what they're showing this year. Really? That's what they were hiding last year. (laughs) Oh, Katie, how do you like it? Well, it's very nice. Uh, How do you keep it up without any straps? Well, it's a new theory, Katie. It's held up by the wind from men whistling at you. (laughs) Katie, see all my new play clothes? My goodness, did you buy all those this morning? Yes, I want to look good for George. He's going to see a lot of me this summer. (laughs) He's not the only one. (laughs) I even bought one of those new French bathing suits. It's there on the bed. Well, I don't see it. Here's your slacks, pedal pushers, your beach robe, and this little green handkerchief. That's funny. Oh, here it is. No wonder you couldn't see the bathing suit. It was under the handkerchief. (laughs) Are you really going to wear that? I will if George will let me. (laughs) Oh, he will. Men like women in scanty bathing suits. If the women aren't their wives. A man will admire a scanty suit on a blonde at the beach, but let his wife put on that same suit, and he says, 
You're not going out like that, are you? How true. Oh, I forgot. The mail came a while ago. Here it is. Thanks. Anything for me? No. Oh, I never get any. Oh, here's a letter for me. Really? Yeah, see? Occupant, 321 Bundy Drive. <laughs> I think I'll change my name to Occupant Cooper, and then I'll get as much mail as George does. And there's one there addressed to Mr. and Mrs. George Cooper. Oh, good. Where is it? I'm entitled to read every other line. Here. Oh, no. Well, what's the matter? It's from Weeping Willow Ranch. You know, that dude ranch where we spent our vacation last year? Are you going there again? Over my dead body. Oh, Katie, it's awful. One week there and you understand why the willows are weeping. <laughs> the planned fun starts at six o'clock in the morning. You bound out of bed and run into breakfast. You did that? Are you kidding? I crawled out of bed and was led into breakfast. <laughs> How was the food? Oh, not food, Katie. Chuck. Chuck. Yes, and they couldn't have thought of a better name for it. <laughs> oh, Katie. George must have written asking about reservations again this year. This is an answer saying they can take us. Oh. I don't want to go there. I want to go to the beach with the Atterbury's. Well, maybe you can talk Mr. Cooper into it. Why, Katie, I'd never try to talk George into anything. We'll discuss it calmly, examine the best features of both places, and then go to the one we think is best, the beach. <laughs> Well, did you like your dinner, George, little baby, honey? Yes. Yes, dear, it was fine. Are you comfortable in that chair, George? Would you like another pillow behind your back? No, thanks. Oh, it's no trouble at all. I'll, I'll just get another pillow and then... Liz, you've got so many pillows behind my back now, my head's between my knees. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, shall I get you a pair of slippers? Yes, I'll wear them on my hands. <laughs> what? Oh, you already have your slippers on, don't you, dear? Okay, Liz, what have you done? <laughs> Nothing, dear. What are you planning to do? Nothing. Look, I know all the signals. You're fattening me up for the kill. <laughs> now, let's have it. I have nothing on my mind. Really? Absolutely. Go ahead, go to that lousy weeping willow ranch. <gasps> oh, darn. <laughs> Well, I gather from this that we heard from the ranch. Did you open the letter? Yes, it came addressed to both of us. What did it say? I only read every other line. Mm -hmm. Come on, Liz. What did every other line say? It said, Dear Saddle Pals, In reply to your letter of, Delighted to have you dig your spurs into, Our new manager and courteous waitress. <laughs> year are $20 private cottage or $15 if you share it with one of our new cow ponies. <laughs> Signed, the old wrangler. Very clever. I suppose we're going to have our yearly debate about uh, where to spend the vacation. Okay, debate. The question is, resolved that we are not going to spend our vacation at that stinky old weeping willow ranch. You take a negative. Go ahead. Madam Chairman, I were the opponent and friend. I like the stinky old Weeping Willow Ranch. I think it's one of the nicest Time's of up. all... 
Time for <laughs> Now for the affirmative. Now, wait a minute. Oh, let's not talk about it, George. Let's just not go. Can you suggest a better place? Yes, I'd like to go to the beach. The beach? Oh, come now. You must have heard of it. <laughs> the Atterberries are going, and I thought it would be fun if we'd go, too. Well, but there's nothing to do at the beach. Oh. Everybody covers themselves with oil and lies in the sun all day, slowly turning so they'll get done all over. It's nothing but a big sandy barbecue pit. <laughs> I suppose you never heard of swimming. Well, I have, but I didn't think you did. The closest you ever came to the water was when a dog came up to you and shook himself. <laughs> you don't even know how to swim. I'll learn. I've heard that song before. Oh, but George, your swimming suits are so cute this year, and the beach clothes are so gay and colorful. And so that's it. They got little pleats in them all around. <laughs> Liz, I'll make a bargain with you. If you learn to swim, and I mean really swim, before vacation time, we'll go to the beach. Oh, George, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. But if you don't, we'll go back to the Weeping Willow Ranch. Don't worry. I'll learn. I'll learn. And don't buy any beach clothes until this is all settled. George, even after I learn to swim and you agree to go to the beach, I'm not going to buy a thing. What? I mean it. Because I love you so much, I'll struggle along on just what I've got in my closet now. <laughs> Mrs. Cooper, what are you doing in your bathing suit? I'm going to take my swimming lesson. You found a teacher? Yes, Ralph Wood, the oldest boy from next door. He's the high school champion. Oh, there he is. I'll get it. Good morning, Mrs. Coops. <laughs> Did I get you out of the shower? No, it's all right, Mr. Wood. This is my bathing suit. You don't have to stand with your back to me. That's a bathing suit? Yes. Hmm. Well, are you all ready for your lesson? Yes. Where's your son? Oh, he couldn't make it, but I've arranged for you to take a lesson from the person who taught him everything he knows. Who's that? Me. <laughs> oh, well, where should we go? Out to the club? Oh, there's no need to go way out there. I can teach you right in your living room. Really? Well, come on. Let's go around through the kitchen and come in at the shallow end. <laughs> you can learn very easily if you'll just remember that swimming is merely a matter of applied physics. Oh. <laughs> You see, when a body is immersed in water, it displaces its own weight, and by means of propulsion of a given direction, the water that is displaced in front is found to be at the back. <laughs> this is known as swimming. Well, isn't there a simpler way of doing it? Well, you can jump into the water and move your arms and legs. <laughs> Well, that's more like it. Are you sure you can teach me to swim here? Certainly, it's applied physics. When a body is immersed in water... I know, I know. But will it work if a body is immersed in a hardwood floor? <laughs> Why not? A fair question. <laughs> you learn to swim in the living room. 
when you get into the water, you simply apply what you've learned. It'll be the same thing, only wetter. Wetter, yeah. <laughs> now, lie down on the floor. Okay. Now, what do I do? And now, first, bring the right arm over the head and forward and down. Okay. <clears throat> Fine. Now, do the same thing with the left arm. Okay. <laughs> Ouch. What's the matter? This ocean has splinters in it. <laughs> That's too bad. All right. Now, while you're moving your arms, you are kicking at the same time. All right. Yeah. Oh, ouch! More splinters? No, hard water. <laughs> <laughs> well, lift your feet a little. Now, try again. Uh, how does this look? Oh, wait a minute. What's the matter? I forgot to tell you to breathe. <laughs> That's okay. I went ahead and breathed anyway. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. In swimming, you breathe a different way than you ordinarily do. How? Through your ears? <laughs> no, no. You're supposed to breathe when your head is out of the water. You know, I'll bet I would have found that out anyway. <laughs> well, now, let's try it again and put everything together. All right, here I go. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, fine, fine. You're doing just fine. Yeah. Hey, hey, look at me. I swam clear across the living room. Yes. <laughs> if the current hadn't been against me, I'd have made it into the dining room. <laughs> Congratulations, Mrs. Cooper. You're a wonderful pupil. You mean I know how to swim? Certainly you know how to swim. Gosh, that wasn't hard at all. What have I been afraid of all these years? Come on back tomorrow, Mr. Wood, and I'll dive off the mantelpiece. Hi, honey, I'm home. Hi, George, baby. Give me a kiss. <laughs> mm. What's new? What What did you do today? Oh, nothing exciting. I had a manicure, learned how to swim, marketed a uh, little... Uh, 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 just a minute. Learned how to swim? Yes. Isn't it wonderful, George? Now we can go to the beach this summer. Uh, do you expect me to believe you learned how to swim since this morning? Yes. Mr. Wood said I have a natural talent for it. He gave me a lesson, and I just swam all over the place. Mm. How far did you swim? Oh, about as far as from here to the dining room. By yourself? All by myself. Hey, that's great, Liz. You, you weren't even afraid, huh? Afraid? I was as calm as though I'd been swimming right here in my own living room. <laughs> no kidding. That's right. I'm proud of you. It, was the water cold out at the club? I didn't notice it. I'll get it. Okay, I'll go see if dinner's ready. Hello. Hello, Mr. Cooper. This is Benjamin Wood. Well, hello, Mr. Wood. I understand you gave Liz a swimming lesson today. Oh, that's right. How'd she do? Oh, wonderfully. I called to see if she got all the splinters out. <laughs> splinters? Yeah, she picked up a big one. <laughs> Where? Right between the piano and the divan. <laughs> Say, what are you talking... Say, where did she take this lesson, anyway? In your living room. It was sort of a dry run. Uh-huh. Well, she's fine, Mr. Wood. Well, that's good. Goodbye. Goodbye. Liz! Dinner's almost ready, George, and boy, am I hungry. Mm. Splashing around in the pool must have given you an appetite. Uh, swimming is what did it. That water is exhilarating, isn't it? 
Swimming certainly is. You should have seen me, George. I was like a little seal. Sounds more like a little lion. <laughs> a little sea lion? No. No, just plain lion. <laughs> that was Mr. Wood on the phone, Liz. <laughs> How many splinters did you average per mile? Oh, I didn't get very many splinters. <laughs> uh, I'm certainly surprised at the way you deceived me, Liz. I didn't. I never said I was in the water. I asked Mr. Wood if I knew how to swim, and he said yes, and I can. There's nothing to it. All right, that's good enough for me. It is? Sure. I'll meet you out at the club tomorrow afternoon, and if you can swim the length of the pool, we'll go to the beach for our vacation. Oh, give me more time, George. I've only had one lesson. Oh, no. No, you said you knew how to swim. Well, tomorrow we'll find out. I'll meet you at the club pool at 3.30. All right, I'll be there, and I'll jump in that pool and swim if it's the last thing I do. Oh, why do I say things like that? <laughs> As we return to the Coopers, it's three o'clock in the morning and all is still. All that is, except Liz. From the way she is thrashing about the bed, it looks like she's having a nightmare about swimming. Stroke. 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 <laughs> well, what's the matter? Who did that? Oh, oh, ouch! Hey, Liz. Stroke. Oh, Liz! Huh? Oh, George, save me. I'm going under. Oh, take it easy. You're Help. joking. Save me. Save me. Oh, Liz, you got me around the neck. Help! Help! We're going down. Fight your way to the surface. Huh? Huh? Oh, oh, George, that was an awful dream. I dreamt I was in swimming and... How'd we get down here? We disappeared under the covers for the third time and sank slowly to the floor. <laughs> really? <laughs> Let's swim to the surface and go back to sleep, huh? Oh, gosh, I'm afraid to. You go to sleep, George. I'll be right back. Liz, where are you going? Into the dressing room. I want to see if I have a nightgown with water wings in it. <laughs> Good girl. Is George here yet? No. Oh, it's no use, Cyrus. I'll never make it. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Chin up, girl. I brought something with me. What? Look. A pair of water wings. Oh, I thought of that, but it's no good. George would see them. They're white. My bathing suit is black. Let's put them under your bathing suit. <laughs> under my bathing suit? Yeah, then he'd never guess. Won't I look kind of lumpy? Uh, well, let's see where we could put them. Oh, I know. You're a little sway back. What? <laughs> now, look, I don't have time for false modesty. Sway back, yeah. We'll just put the water wings under your suit in the middle of your back, like this. There. 
And then we'll blow them up and you'll get in the water before George gets here. He won't be able to see them. Well, it might work. I can't even see them. Well, they're not blown up yet. <laughs> oh. Yeah. How are we going to blow them up? Uh... It can only be done by a midget or a Ubangi. <laughs> well, there's one idea gone. No, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come with me. Where? The gas station in the parking lot. They have an air hose. <laughs> now, that might work. Come on. As long as you stay in the water, George can't tell a thing. This is the first time I've gone to a gas station to get my air checked. <laughs> Good afternoon, ladies. Can I help you? Uh... Can we use your air hose? Certainly. Have a flat? <laughs> uh, sort of. Where's the car? Car? Yeah, with a flat tire. What were you planning to do? Take the air over a mouthful at a time? <laughs> no, just let us use the air hose and thanks. Oh, yeah, go take care of that car. I'll be right back. Quick, Iris. Turn around. Let me get this hose down the back of your baby suit. Oh, it's cold. Hey, what are you doing? Go away! What are you doing? Look, just leave us alone. We're not hurting anybody. Hey, hey, look at her back. It's all swollen. This is fine, Iris. Put the hose away and... I'll get a doctor. Oh, never mind. It's too late now. Come on, Liz. The boys will never believe this. <laughs> well, it was a good try, Iris. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, look now. No more bright ideas, please. We've been fools, Liz. We can get George on a technicality. How? He said you had to swim the length of the pool. Yeah? He didn't say anything about not wearing something to help you. We could have put the water wings on the outside. Now she thinks of it. <laughs> I know. Rudolph has a life jacket he bought at the surplus store. I'll go and get it. Okay, go on. And you stole George till I get back, and I'll go as fast as I can. Well, hurry, Iris. You're all that stands between me and Weeping Willow Ranch. <laughs> Hi, Liz. All ready for the big swimming test? Oh, hello, George. Sorry I'm late, but Atterbury kept me talking about a big account. Oh, that's all right. You haven't seen Iris, have you? No. Well, let's get this over with. Come on, dive in. No, no, don't push me. I'll get in in a minute. Well, why in a minute? Well, uh, I'm just uh, hungry, that's why. I'd like something to eat first. I don't like to swim on an empty stomach. But if you eat something, you can't swim for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Liz, are you stalling? Stalling? Heavens, no. Well, then what are you waiting for? Now get in the pool and start swimming. No, George, don't. I'm not ready. Woohoo, Liz, girl. I'm ready. <laughs> Here you are, Liz. Oh, thanks, Iris. Hey, what's going on? You can't wear a life jacket. Can't I? Put your arms in here, Liz. There. Fasten it, will you, Iris? Uh-huh. Liz, I'm warning you, this isn't going to count. You said swim the length of the pool. You did not say how. Now, look. Here you... I go. Whee! Oh, look at her go. <laughs> what a low-down trick. 
Well, George, she did fill her part of the bargain. Well, I guess she did. Well, if she cares that much about going to the beach, I guess we can go. I'll teach her to swim while we're there. Hey, look at me! Look at me! I'm swimming! Okay, Liz, you win. Hey, watch this! I'm a whale! (laughs) (laughs) Would you look at that? She's floating on her back and blowing water in the air. Do we get to go to the beach, George? Okay, we'll go. Oh, boy, this jacket's wonderful. I know, I've seen them. All you do is pull that little string on the side and they inflate. (laughs) (laughs) What little string? What little string? Liz, we didn't pull a string. You've really been swimming. (laughs) How do you like that, George? I've really been swimming right here in the deep water. Deep water? Yes, Lucille, where do we go tonight? Tonight, Robert, we're meeting a sweet girl graduate, the valedictorian of her class. A little commencement music, please, maestro. Hello, I understand you just graduated. Yep, that's right. (laughs) Well, tell me, did you graduate cum laude? How's that again? I said, did you take any honors? No. Are there some missing? Oh, forget it. Forget it? Okay, I will if you will. Put her there, boy. Oh, wait a minute. What degree did you get when you graduated? A, B, Ph.D.? No, no. I got an R.A. R.A.? Yep. I said R, I said R-A, I said R-A-G-G. <laughs> M- M-O-P-P, Ragma, 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 Ragma. Wait a minute. R-A-A-A-A. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> wait just a minute. Now, what degrees did you actually get? Oh, them. Uh, let's see now. I got uh, a J-E. And, uh, L-L-O. What do they stand for? What do they stand for? Oh! <laughs> well, actually, I'm an expert on jello. Let me give you a test. Oh, what? <laughs> now, what are the six delicious flavors? Oh. You're going to start with the hard one. Strawberry... Raspberry... Oh, yeah. Cherryberry, orangeberry, lemonberry, limeberry. <laughs> no. no. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Right, right. Next question. <laughs> what makes you think of the real ripe fruit itself? I don't know. <laughs> Jello does. It does? <laughs> Yes, didn't they teach you that the flavor is locked in and can't get out till your first delicious spoonful? This is the first time I heard of it. Are you sure? 
<laughs> of course. Didn't they tell you to look for the big red letters on the box? No. <laughs> they didn't tell me. Hey, where are you going? I'm going back to school. Good night, Bob. <laughs> You have been listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Roaring. Tonight's transcribed program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The part of Katie, the maid, was played by Ruth Parrott. Watch for Lucille Ball in Fancy Pants with Bob Hope. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband again next week. Presented by... J-E-L-L-O Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O tap. The puddings. Yes, sir. Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, where you meet Lucille Ball and my favorite husband every Sunday night, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll be with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.